Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. We've had Heather Seeley Roberts on the show before. For people who don't know, um, you know, several years ago, she became the head coach of a 60A boys varsity team and uh, is now still the only female varsity head coach. There have been a couple others that that uh, popped up in 2020, but uh, Heather Seeley Roberts joining us now, head coach Lincoln High School. Big game tonight uh, as she is coaching... Her sons, her youngest, her babies, her seniors now in high school. Heather, how you doing with that? Oh, it makes me so sad. So, hi, John. Hi. Um, yeah, when I think about it, we're down to three regular season games left, and so it's going way too fast. It's interesting because I always tell people that my oldest daughter, who's in college, made me a better dad. And the two young ones probably don't understand, like, you know, I, I probably cling to them a little differently than, than I did with yeah. her because I realize how fast it goes. Oh, it goes so fast. And then when you're in the – we had five, and so when I was in the midst of five, it just seemed like it was endless chaos, and it seemed like it would never end. And now it's just – now when I look here, it's like I can't believe we only have three more months, you know, until they're going to be out of the house. So, yeah, it's it goes way too fast. I think you do value more as you get older. And uh, just very grateful for the experiences. Seven o'clock tonight, you will play Cleveland. You're at home. A win in this game uh, puts you in the driver's seat, gives you the outright PIL championship. What would that mean to your team? I think it would be super. Uh, we're super excited about that. that. Was one of our goals that we set at the beginning of the year. Um, Cleveland was the team that the only team last year in the PIL that beat us two times and then also knocked us out of the playoffs. So we have extra motivation there. And I think that where these kids have come from in the past two years, I think winning a PIL title would just be a um, it just be it just be a great indication of how hard they've worked and how much they bought in and really solidified themselves as being a very good team. You've got a tall team. You've got three players that go six eight or taller. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you uh, it probably obviously affects the style of play, but um, you know the two best players in the team are probably your kids, the twins. And what has that been like to uh, be mom and coach, but you've been in this role for a while? Yeah, so this is year number four, and if we count our season, we went to Utah, then it's five seasons. Um, it's it's been, a, it's been a great experience. You know, um, on the court, we separate. They call me Coach Roberts. Um, and then when we get in the car, then I'm mom. So we do a pretty good job delineating <laughs> those roles. But by this point now, with them being seniors and them being with me for so long, it's like they're semi-assistant coaches, and they just help me with so much stuff. For example, you know, when we get to the gym, they just go in and start sweeping the floors, putting down the hoops, pulling out the balls. They just do a lot of things that really help me out. And I was thinking, who's going to help me out next year? I've got to 
adopt a couple more kids so I can have some help here. So they just, that, that part, they're just so helpful. They also know what we're doing and they've been in our system, they've been in my system for so long and seen it ever since they were, you know, basically four days old just in the gym. So it's been, uh, it, it is going to definitely be a sad moment, but it's going to be, it's really fun been coaching them. Yeah, you've, you, you know, people know Heather as uh uh, high school girls coach for uh, you know about 15, 16 years in Oregon before moving to college, and then came back to Oregon. You wanted to coach your kids, you know, five children in the family. You've got the twins now, um, you know. But you guys did move away during the pandemic, and I'm really curious. I have so many questions for teachers and coaches, but you know, you made that decision to allow your kids to continue to play. You went to Utah. What was that experience like for the kids? Oh, it was so great, and I'm so glad that we made the decision. Um, I was really very frustrated with what was going on here in the state and the fact that they were shutting kids out of the education system and sports, and now we're seeing all the ramifications that that has done to the kids. Um, and so we decided to go. Um, so I started looking for jobs in October, and my husband's like, no one's going to hire you in October. And I said, if they're hiring in October, they're going to be desperate. And I found a school that didn't have a coach. And so we moved out there, and those kids um, bought in from day one. Um, they were they accepted my boys. The whole community accepted. I'd never had so many parents thank me um, for coaching their kids, and the whole town bought in. Um, we were in Moab, Utah, and then I'd actually never been to Moab, and we just had a really fun time. Like when we weren't coach, basically we coached. I coached basketball. We played basketball. We did online school because we were still at school in Oregon, and then we would um, and then we would play basketball again at night. And then we did a ton of hiking. Moab has a lot of great restaurants, and we just met a lot of really neat people there. So it was a really, it was a great experience, and I think it was really fun for me, Maroni, and Malachi to have that experience together. Yeah, Maroni well. and Malachi, you know, Malachi is 6'8", Maroni 6'6". Mm -hmm. These are kids that can continue to play. What are their plans beyond high school? So... Immediately following high school, they're going to go on a mission for our church, the Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints, so they'll serve two years. And then right now they both have four college offers, and all the coaches are willing to wait um, for them to come back. And then um, so then they want to play basketball when they get home after that. So that's the plan. And then they'll go, they'll go somewhere and play basketball. You're, so. you're in it, and I, I have talked to a lot of elementary school teachers about that year and a half uh gap that especially kids that are in like first second third fourth grade you know they're coming back to school some of them forgot how to be in classroom a lot of them were on mm -hmm. devices um a lot of kids mm -hmm. they, they didn't develop with reading and writing and math and what are you seeing as a coach as sort of the in the wake of that lost time in the state of oregon uh well, people may not like me saying this, but I, I think that the development of basketball is definitely down. So I'm seeing that at our youth level. Um, I'm seeing that kind of at our lower levels. I don't think the quality of Oregon basketball is where it was a couple of years ago. A lot of the elite kids or a lot of the kids that um, parents, like there were, there were many families like ours that traveled to Idaho and did a lot of different things to still um, – keep their kids in the game um, but there were a lot of people that didn't and then I think especially at that youth level um, so I, I just think developmentally like for basketball wise they're behind the other thing I've seen is and I haven't seen it as much on the boys side but on the girls side I think they lost a lot of numbers of kids that were playing because that's kind of where you introduce kids to sports and that 
kind of fifth, you know, fourth, fifth through middle school. And if they don't get um, that exposure to it, then by the time they come, basketball is a skill game, and so you've got to spend time with the basketball. And if you don't um, spend time with the basketball, you know, then maybe they come out and they feel, you know, insecure. They are they're not interested at that point. And so I, I just think that sports-wise, I think it's hurt the state. Heather Seeley Roberts is our guest. Uh, you know, I introduce you and I say, hey, the only female head coach of a 6A varsity team in the state of Oregon. And, uh, you know, people will say that as they're introduced. But I'm curious to see what you see in the future when it comes to coaching. The Hillsborough Hops uh, hired uh, a woman to be their manager this next season. And, and that caught my eye and caught my attention. And I thought about you. But give me an idea of what you think of the landscape. Do you see women at the lower levels in high school and in junior high starting to become head coaches of boys' teams? Yeah, I think so. In our league, um, there's uh, McDaniel has a JV coach that's a woman. I've seen one at South Salem. Um, I've seen some assistants. Jefferson um, had an assistant on the bench the other day. So I'm starting to see women um, more in the boys' ranks. And when I see someone on the lower level, I make sure I always go and talk with them and tell them, you know, to keep with it and keep encouraging it. And I think a lot of it just depends on maybe where you're more comfortable. Some people, you know, there's a lot of men that coach girls. And I um, I think that some people prefer coaching girls and some people prefer coaching boys and then other people just want to coach. Um, and then for me, it's been the, the transition. I really haven't found a big difference coaching between um, boys and girls. I mean, there, you know, as far as what I do and the things that I do with them, I just treat the kids like athletes and I, um, and I feel like if you treat the kids like athletes, that it's, it's pretty equivalent. Did you get that acceptance in Utah? I'm curious to see, like, where you met. Because your story, uh-huh. in the state of Oregon, everybody knows your story. Everybody who sees yeah. you coming, right? But in Utah, did it raise eyebrows when you first walked out? Did they go, where's the coach? And you go, like, right here. Yeah. So there, there was definitely, well, and I was brand new, you know, so they didn't know who I was. They had no idea who is this woman, who are these two boys that have just all of a sudden moved into Moab. Um, yeah, it did raise some eyebrows. Um, and I had an assistant. We were kind of co-coaches because they knew I was only going to be there for a year. And so they just automatically go to him, um, you know, just kind of typical stuff that I used to see early on in my career. Um, and they, they had, and I wouldn't say, though, um, but I think what helps is then when our team was good, then a lot of times then they, you know, they kind of zip it and then they don't say as much. But it was definitely, I think, eye-opening experience for them. Now, I don't quite know how to ask this question, but I'm just so I'm just going to come right out with it. Um, I have often yeah. looked at high school coaches and I have empathized with them because they're not only managing kids in a roster, they're managing parents. How yeah. do you manage parents as a coach? I feel like I've gotten better at it um, over the years um, since I've become a parent. I think that's helped, and also now I have so much experience. Um, I've, I've set parameters about um, communication with me, when's appropriate, when's not appropriate. I've also found as I've grown older and coach, I'm way more upfront with the kids before the season starts about what their role is and their expectation so we don't have issues later on. So, for example, right now I have nine seniors. And so three of them don't play very much in games. But I was very clear with them about their roles and expectations before we started. And then I actually sat down with all the parent, all the senior parents, and I said, hey, you know, we only play five. Basketball is really hard because you only play five kids. 
and at a time. And so I think I've become much better at um, being very clear in my expectations and then giving the kids the choice. And then if you're going to do this, I, I don't want to hear things later on. And my team this year, you know, I've, I've got, like I said, three seniors that don't play very much, and they have really bought into that role. They come every day, and they know they're just as important part of the team because of what they bring to practice, and it's been great. Um, but not, but I think you have to be, you have to have those hard conversations up front. And then I think that helps on the back end. Um, I probably get more issues, you know, like I get um, middle school and um, some of our younger levels sometimes, you know, just some of the things that um, maybe are said or done at that level because um, they're not as experienced with me or they just, they don't understand coming into high school what high school sports is about. And so part of that, my job is to educate them on how to um on how to you know how to edu how to interact with coaches but also it helps when you win yeah no you kidding know, yeah win, if you're not getting the success everybody's going does yeah. this coach know what they're doing um there's yeah, a little and bit then, and then that's when you get lots of complaints there, there's a little, there's some public service in this because i think we have some parents who are listening who have kids who are in third and fourth and fifth grade who mm -hmm. don't know what's in front of them what advice do you give to mm -hmm. them how do you coach parents to avoid burnout what advice so, first of all, get your kids. I think they should play lots of sports when they're young. So don't just specialize in one sport. I think it can be really hard on a body. When you are there, what you say to your kids um, when they're not on court is really um, important. So I can't tell you how many times, and I'm going to put a plug out here for referees. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a young kids say, oh, the referee blew a game for us. I'm like, yeah, you're 10. The referee did not blow a game for you. And so, you know, those <laughs> kind of things because you need to teach your, you know, your kid when you when you blame someone else for your loss, you're taking the power away from yourself. And, and then that's disempowering kids. I think then also parents have to try really hard to take a back seat. If they're not going to step up and coach their kids' youth team, then they better zip it you know, if someone is spending the time to help them coach, um, to help coach their kids and screaming at kids and screaming at the coach. You want kids to, one, learn the game and, two, have fun. And when people are yelling and screaming, I, to me, that's not fun. And then the last thing I would say is play man defense. Don't stick them in a zone when they're 10 years old because then you're not teaching them anything. I love that. Heather Seeley Roberts is our guest. Lincoln High School head varsity coach. 7 o'clock tonight, they'll play Cleveland PIL championship uh, at stake here, and then beyond that, uh, you have a goal, state championship. Uh, have you guys talked about that, or do you do, like Chip Kelly, it's a uh, faceless opponent next game? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a beaver, so no, we don't do Chip. But, um, <laughs> I do like I do like it. I do like the win the day concept, but we are our goal is to win the state title, and we know that there are some teams there that also have that same goal. And you know, obviously West Lynn is the favorite team, um, but we feel like we can play with anyone, and that's what we want to do is give ourselves that opportunity. But that being said, we still got two playoff games, you know, to get there. So we're we're not looking ahead. Every day we focus on this is our end goal, and are we doing what we need to do today to get to that end goal? And so, you know, we don't, we don't look ahead. Um, but we try to – we use that as motivation to help us get where we want to be. It's really interesting because I came away after kind of peeking at the Les Schwab Invitational and seeing some of the highly touted club-style teams that mm -hmm. that showed up get beat by yeah. West Lynn. And, and you know, I, I thought it was great for the region. 
Did you have any yeah. takeaways from that tournament? Did it say anything about the upper levels of high school basketball in Oregon? Or, you know, does it say anything about kind of the state of things, Bronny James and the circus around that? Oh, well, well first of all, it was so fun being in the tournament. We, I've never been in it, um, and Lincoln hasn't been in it since, I think, 2011. So we just loved the whole experience. Um, the Bronny James show was a spectacle. And so at one time, um, we were actually standing in the hallway when they came in and so one of my kids pulled out their phone and the biggest security guard came over and like just stared him down i'm like put your phone away, put your phone away. <laughs> and um and i've just never seen a game where the security guard was sitting there staring at us the whole time they had one right behind him so that whole experience was really fun but i thought west lynn it was such i thought that was awesome that they were winning the games you know that they won they beat these nationally ranked teams and so now you see west lynn is ranked um you know bishop gorman obviously beat us you know pretty well but we competed with them for a while and it was it was a fun experience to be able to see that and i think what you see there is more maybe the aau style against a high school you know a system you know where, where kids are bought into a school and in a community and so that they probably had more time together and so it's just a contrasting of styles but i i thought oregon i thought you know with westland we definitely represented really well yeah that's interesting you point that out because i think i've talked to college coaches and you've coached in college where the mid-majors mm -hmm. who had juniors and seniors in the ncaa tournament were absolutely clobbering the programs that had the one and dones for you know right out of the gates like you saw butler mm -hmm. get to the final four and and it, it was kind of interesting to see that dynamic play out. And I think I was thinking about that during the Les Schwab. Like, how many of these kids on some of these highly ranked teams are for their second or third or fourth high school? Yeah, I would agree. And so that's where I think that's, I think that's really, um, I think that's really different when you were talking about that. Now you just think about the whole transfer portal and how that's changed um, so many college teams as well because there's so much more uh, rotation through there, you know, rather than those uh, schools that are established and building a team. And that's what I like. That's why I actually left the call. I mean, I, I really liked my college experience, but what I like about coaching is that process of building a team and um, seeing the kids come together and then build something greater than what they could do individually. And I think that's the really, for me, the really rewarding part of coaching. Coach, I know you've got three regular season games, including tonight. You've got the playoffs. Will you continue to coach high school basketball beyond this season? Have you thought about that? Will you go to college? Uh, you have a plan. Well, that is probably the most asked question to myself. Um, everyone asks me that question. So right now the plan is to come back to Lincoln, and so that's what we're planning. But, you know, we always evaluate at the end of the year. But I'm, I'm coaching like I'm coming back next year, and my boys are going to be gone for two years. And so I'll need something to do besides just hang at home with my husband and all his cats. That he has around the house. <laughs> there it is. That's why yeah. you come to the show. Uh, thank you, Heather. I appreciate you giving us your time. And good luck tonight. Uh, your PIL championship hanging in the balance. Thanks for giving us your time. Well, and thank you. And thanks for your articles. I like reading the bald-faced truth. Thank I you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, okay. Love that interview. Uh, Lincoln... At home tonight against Cleveland, if you are a area basketball fan, PIL championship hanging in the balance. A lot of great advice in that interview. Love that she's subscribed. If you want to read, you can read me exclusively now at johnconzano.com. That's where you find me. Leave it here. You got the bald-faced truth on this great Friday.
We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.